If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome back to the Der Show. We've been watching uh, news reports all day about a potential uh, deal um, between uh, Hamas and, and Israel. I hate to even mention them in the same breath, uh, brokered by um, Qatar. As you know, I know the emir of Qatar. Uh, he's hosted me in Qatar, and we had dinner together at uh, the Batmaster Hotel um, and, and the United States. Uh, the United States and Qatar have been kind of mediating. Um, Israel doesn't talk to Hamas and Hamas doesn't talk to Israel. Um, and, and you know, there are two issues. One, the deal itself. Uh, you know, it's not a particularly good deal for Israel. 50 women and children, including babies, who are obviously illegally held uh, in violation of all kinds of international law, but you never hear that from uh, CNN or the New York Times or any other of the uh, r r very few of the media. So uh, is Israel gets back 50 babies, children, and, and women in exchange for 150 murderers uh, and, and other criminals uh, who are being lawfully held by uh, Israel uh, after a judicial process. Not, not a particularly good deal for, for Israel. In exchange, Israel has to give up its uh, tactical advantages that it's gotten from uh, live, real-time intelligence and set the process back uh, four days or so while Hamas can regroup and rearm and Israel can't even fly drones in the sky to see what Hamas is is doing for at least several hours a, a day. Uh, so, you know, is it a good deal? Of course it's not. It's not, it's not as bad as the deal that was made uh, some years ago in Israel in exchange for one soldier, one soldier, um, uh, gave uh, back uh, 1,500 um, terrorists and, and murderers, some of whom were part of the rampage that killed so many Israelis, um, which, which brings me to the main point of uh, what I wanted to say. I can't criticize Israel for what it's doing. If I were the prime minister of Israel and the families came to me every day crying about their babies and their children and their husbands and their wives, I don't think I would have the um, resistance uh, to their pleas. Um, but I have to tell you, if I were the czar uh, and it was not a, a democracy and I could do the right thing, I would have long, long time ago adopted the policy, uh, which interestingly enough, Benjamin Netanyahu advocated back then when he was writing books before he was prime minister, when he wrote his books about terrorism, uh, following his brother's death, fighting terrorism. Essentially, uh, Netanyahu advocated uh, what his brother had done, and that is there were 100 uh, hostages being held by terrorist organizations in Entebbe, and, 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 and they wanted to negotiate. And uh, instead, Israel sent in uh, Bibi Netanyahu's brother leading uh, Israelis' uh, army, and they rescued the hostages, uh, uh, Bibi's brother was killed in the in the process, 
And Bibi took the position that that's the way governments ought to deal with terrorists. You fight them, you send people to rescue, uh, but you don't give in, you don't trade, you don't pay them money and you don't release um, prisoners. Uh, you just don't negotiate with terrorists. That's the position I would have taken 30, 40 years ago. In fact, I wrote about that in my book, Why Terrorism Works. In my book, Why Terrorism Works, I set out the thesis, terrorism works because people reward it. Um, you know, if you were a cost-benefit analyst, just doing a pure amoral cost-benefit analysis, you'd always use terrorism. The Hamas tactic works fantastically. Look what Hamas did. It killed 1,200 or more Jews, it captured 250 or so uh, hostages, and it's on top of the world. It, there are people cheering for it, uh, National Lawyers Guild, Harvard students, uh, universities all over the world. Yay, Hamas, what a wonderful organization, and they're attacking and condemning Israel. So, so it's worked, uh, and, and if this trade comes off, um, it will again have worked. Uh, Hamas will have gotten... Uh, uh, some 150 terrorists back. And uh, in exchange, what are they giving up? They're giving up a couple of babies and children and, 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 and women. So when you negotiate with terrorists, terrorists almost always win. And it sends a message to the terrorists. Do it again. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Michael Finnegan, begin again, begin again. I don't know how many of you know that song, Michael Finnegan, beginning of the once was a man named Michael Finnegan. He had whiskers on his chin again. He shaved it off and then he grew in again. Good old Michael Finnegan, begin again. Michael, you know, he'd sing it over and over again when I was five years old. And that's what Hamas is doing. Michael Finnegan, begin again, begin again. So uh, you have to break the cycle. Now, it's hard to break the cycle when you have 250 innocent babies, grandmothers, children uh, who are being held hostage. That's probably not the time to break the cycle. The time to break the cycle might have been when there was one or two uh, hostages and a message being clearly sent, no, we, from now on, we will never, ever negotiate. Maybe these hostages wouldn't have been taken. It's complicated because if the hostages hadn't been taken, maybe they would have all been killed. Maybe these hostages were saved to be hostages because obviously the Hamas butchers uh, had an opportunity to kill them, and it did kill some of them, apparently, including uh, an Israeli uh, woman soldier uh, who apparently was killed after becoming a hostage. Uh, we don't know why. My theory, my thesis is that she was probably raped, and uh, the Hamas people didn't want her to eventually be freed and tell the story of the rape, so they killed her. I don't know whether that's the case or not. We know for sure, 100% sure, that uh, Hamas uh, and the people who were involved in the events of uh, the 7th of October did not only rape, but in some instances gang rape and mutilate. Uh, we have an eyewitness um, from one of the kibbutzim to uh, Hamas terrorists uh, cutting off the breast of a woman and throwing it around like a football, um, and to a gang rape of a woman who was then murdered after she was gang raped. So we know that, and, and we know that when you rape them, you kill them so that they won't be able to testify that you raped them. Although, you know, Hamas seems to be pretty proud of everything they did. You remember the Hamas story where uh, a young man, probably he's called a child uh, by the uh, authorities, a young man calls his daddy and says, daddy, I'm so proud. I just killed 10 Jews with my bare hands. 
probably including babies and children or whole families. And the father is cheering. Wow, that's so great. Come on, why couldn't you have killed more? And this is this is one of those innocent civilians who, if it's killed by a collateral attack, um, uh, people uh, shed a tear. I wouldn't shed a tear if that guy were killed. Um, uh, he's not a combatant, but uh, he certainly doesn't deserve any sympathy. I have a, 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 an article today on, on Newsmax.com uh, about uh, Gaza civilians, how the vast, vast, vast majority of Gazans supported what Hamas did on, on October 7th, an even greater percentage in the West Bank. Why is there a greater percentage in the West Bank supporting what Hamas did than in the Gaza Strip? I have a theory. Uh, and that is because the people in the Gaza Strip knew that when Hamas did this, they would have to pay the consequences. Whereas the people in the West Bank, well, you know, it's just the people of Gaza. We're glad they killed a lot of Jews and nobody's coming to kill us. So, so we're even happier than the people of Gaza. Maybe a little cynical, but I think it's absolutely, absolutely accurate. So what should Israel have done? What should it do in the future? Because this event, uh, returning hostages and return for prisoners and uh, no-fly zones and all of that, uh, will encourage Hamas to kidnap more and more and more, and there'll be more hostage negotiations and more hostages taken. But, you know, in a democracy, you can't resist the plight of families. And when these families come and protest and march from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, um, and if you're a leader of a democratic country, you have to listen. I don't know what a public opinion poll in Israel would have said uh, if you don't include the people who are directly involved, if you just include the Israeli citizenry. Do they favor negotiating with uh, with terrorists? They probably, if I had to guess, I would say in the abstract, Israelis and Americans would probably vote you don't negotiate with terrorists. But once hostages have been taken and people have seen faces and names and know that they're their neighbors, people change their mind and people say, well, it's we're not dealing with an abstraction. We're dealing with human beings. We're dealing with children, sons, daughters, parents, grandparents, babies. So of course we have to, we have to negotiate. And so again, you can't fault in a democracy, um, the prime minister, when he's prime minister, acting as the leader of his people rather than an author writing an abstract book. I know because I'm an author who's written 52 abstract books. And if it were my family, um, you know, I would do everything in my power to prevent uh, the death of a member of my family. Uh, the question is, should you listen to people like me if it was a member of my family or the people who are now there? There have been some uh, leaders of governments over the years that have refused to negotiate. Not very many, but there have been a few. And what they've done is they've refused even to meet with the family members saying, I know if I meet with you, I'll give in. And so I don't want to meet with you. I don't want to see you. I don't want to see your tears. I don't want to hear your, your uh, 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 demands. Uh, I want to make an abstract decision. It's very, very hard to do that in, in a democracy. And so you know, it's inevitable. Uh, and Israel is weakened as a result. Um, as I've said before, Israel has to accomplish three things in order to come out of this thing uh, with any degree of, um, of of satisfaction. It'll never be satisfaction because, you know, to at least 1,200 people have been killed and probably some of the hostages are dead uh, too. But Israel has to do three things. It has to totally and completely and 
unequivocally uh, destroy Hamas in every way. And people who say, well, you can't destroy an ideology. Yes, you can. We destroyed the Nazi ideology by destroying the Nazis. We didn't destroy enough of them, but we made enough of them regret what happened to Germany so that Nazism hasn't come back. The same thing happened in Japan. You can destroy an ideology by destroying uh, its leaders and, and the main people who, who support it and make the other people pay a heavy price. And that's why the I don't mind the people of Gaza paying a heavy price, not babies and children and young, you know, but let them pay a heavy price. They support Hamas. They supported the brutality. Uh, when nations declare war in other nations, uh, the civilians in the nation declaring the war often pay a heavy price. The German citizens paid a heavy price. The bombing of Dresden, the bombing of Berlin, in Japan, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Tokyo, people pay a heavy price. And the message is very clear. Do not encourage your countries to start wars because your children will be killed if they do. Um, that has to be the message that uh, that is sent. Um, but uh, in the midst of, uh, of hostage taking, it's very hard to implement that that message in, 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 in real time while the hostages are there. So the first thing Israel has to do is destroy Hamas and destroy the ideology. Um, it's not going to be easy because, again, the ideology of Hamas spreads to the West Bank, too, where uh, there are very few people being killed, too many. I don't agree with the settlers taking the law into their own hands. It's a terrible thing. But the first thing is they have to destroy Hamas. The second thing is Iran has to pay a heavy price. I've mentioned this before, and the heavy price they have to pay is if it's possible to do regime change, by all means, do it. I wish Obama had done it. He had a chance to do it back then when the Green Revolution was starting and he didn't do anything. In fact, he supported, he really helped the Iranian regime. But in the absence of regime change, uh, Israel, with the support of the United States, has to destroy Iran's nuclear arsenal capacity because imagining a terrorist surrogate of Iran having nuclear weapons, dirty bombs, or anything like that is just unimaginable. It would really uh, create uh, World War III, and therefore uh, Israel will do the world a favor and would do the Arab uh, Gulf states a favor if it destroys forever Iraq, Iran's nuclear uh, arsenal capacity. Now, people say, well, they'll re rebuild it in five years. Well, destroy it again. And they, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. That can't only be used by Hamas. It can be used by Israel, too. If Iran starts to rebuild a nuclear arsenal, wash, rinse, repeat, bomb it, destroy it. Israel has the technological ability to do that, particularly with the logistical support of the United States. Uh, the third thing Israel has to do, and the United States can do it, uh, can, can implement it, is to pressure the Saudis into continuing the peacemaking process between Saudi Arabia and Israel, because that was the basic reason why these horrible massacres occurred, to try to destroy destroy that. And if Iran can be taught a lesson saying, look, your terrorism is not going to deter Saudi Arabia from making peace with Israel or Israel making peace with Saudi Arabia, that would send a powerful message. Can Saudis do it now? Uh, does the Arab street, the Muslim street permit for peace with Israel? Well, that, again, that was one of the goals of uh, Hamas to destroy that. And maybe they've succeeded. That's why the United States is going to have to put pressure on the Saudis to do what they should do 
namely make peace with Israel. And you might say the Arab street won't like it. Well, the good thing from our point of view about Saudi Arabia is they don't give a damn what the people think. They're not a democracy. They're a, you know, an autocracy. And the, the uh, leaders of Saudi Arabia don't have to take orders from the people. They can give the orders and decide what to do. I don't think they took any public opinion polls before they started to negotiate with Israel about a possible inclusion in the Abraham Accord. So those are the three things. And the fourth thing, which um, the people who are relatives of the hostages think should be the first thing, is getting the hostages back. Um, there's a lot of complaint against the Israeli government in Israel, saying Israel put destruction of Hamas before the return of the, of the hostages. I agree 100% with Israel on that. I think the destruction of Hamas, uh, first of all, will help facilitate the return of the hostages. Second of all, in the long term, in terms of avoiding repetitions of these horrible massacres, destroying Hamas uh, is the first priority. Um, I think today Israel announced, well, they're an, of equal status. And and maybe by the time this broadcast is over, if not by the time Thanksgiving is over, at least we'll see um, a firm agreement um, uh, between Israel and Hamas for the return of uh, at least 50 or so hostages. That's not enough. It's better than, than, than nothing. Uh, hostages probably won't be actually returned for a few days because there are a lot of um, uh, technicalities that have to be uh, worked out how the exchange occurs. Remember, it's a multi-phase process. Israel has to agree to a ceasefire. Last time Israel agreed to a ceasefire, Hamas broke it and killed Israelis, uh, including a man named Golden, whose body it still won't return. Um, and, and so uh, there's that. There's the agreement by Israel not to fly drones for a certain number of hours a day. There's the agreement of Israel to release designated uh, prisoners, women, and teenagers. First, when this was reported, it was reported that Israel agreed to um, free imprisoned children. There was only one problem. There were no imprisoned children. Um, there were imprisoned people under the age of 18. You can call them children, but they were convicted of murder. They were convicted of other serious crimes. Uh, you know, you're not a child if you're a murderer. Um, Hamas uses child murderers. Um, um, and, and, and child soldiers. So you can't have it both ways. You can't use them at 15 or 16 and then say, oh my God, they're only children. So um, now at least the media reports are changing it a little bit. Last I heard is that Israel has to return women and teenagers as if somehow women are different than men when it comes to uh, terrorism. Um, but Israel has said that it won't return any, any murderers. Well, we'll see. Um, I think a lot of those people are murderers or complicit in murder or facilitated murder, but we have to wait and see what, uh, who the people are who Israel returns, the 150 of them. And we have to also know who the people are that um, Hamas returns, how many of them are dual citizens of the United States and uh, Israel, how many are dual citizens of European countries and, and Israel, how many of them are babies uh, how many of them are the elderly? How many of them uh, fit into other uh, other categories? Apparently, the one thing that won't be returned, uh, at least in the initial uh, hostage exchange, if you call it that, are adult male Israelis or even adult male dual citizens of Israel. 
and the United States. Um, again, uh, we'll have to wait and see what the exact situation is. But I stick to my my principles. In principle, it would have been far better, and it still would be much for better if every country in the world announced that it would not negotiate with terrorists. Look, Germany may have been one of the worst. Remember the Munich massacre when the Israeli Olympic athletes were killed by um, Black September, I think it was, but it was, we now know, ordered by Yasser Arafat, uh, a mass murderer who won the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, uh, when Arafat ordered the, the, the mass, the murder of the Israeli athletes, um, the ones that were caught were almost immediately released by Germany uh, based on a pretextual hostage uh, situation, which sound, sounded always sounded phony to me. And, um, and, and, and the terrorists all escaped. Israel then said, no, we're going to go get these people. And it went and killed every single one of them um, by targeted assassinations. I think maybe one of them wasn't killed. The Israelis got the wrong person. They got a waiter in Norway or Sweden or somewhere uh, instead of the man who actually was the uh, murderer of the hostages. But for the vast majority of the people who took and killed the hostages in Munich, uh, they got their just desserts, uh, ultimately. It's another interesting development in Israel, just interesting what you think. There is a movement uh, to restore the death penalty in Israel for uh, mass murder terrorists on the theory that if you don't execute them, they'll be freed in hostage exchanges. But if you execute them, well, that means they will never go free and never be able to um, engage in mass murder terrorism again. Uh, big debate in Israel uh, about that. I've been a lifelong opponent of the death penalty for uh, all crimes. Um, this one gives me some pause. Um, I don't like the death penalty. I'm, I'm still against it. But I surely understand why a country would say, my God, life imprisonment means a, week, a year if, if there are hostage exchanges. And so if the alternative is a year in prison or two years in prison versus the death penalty for mass murder, it's a different argument than if the alternative is life with no possibility of parole versus the death penalty, which it is in many states in the United States. So be interested in your letters on that. Should Israel restore the death penalty uh, for mass murder terrorists who would otherwise maybe be freed as the result of exchanges of, uh, of uh, prisoners and hostages? So a um, lot to think about. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of these things um, tomorrow. By that time, probably the hostages, the deal will have been made and we'll have uh, more information. I also want to talk at some point about the gag order on, on Donald Trump. Um, what the courts have failed to understand is that this is not about Donald Trump's First Amendment rights only. It's about your First Amendment right to hear Donald Trump. People forget the First Amendment has two elements. We can talk about that tomorrow unless the hostage situation becomes the, the subject. Two elements, the speaker's right to speak and the listener's right to hear. And, the, and, and Thurgood Marshall, Justice Marshall, explicitly stated that in a Supreme Court decision. It's part of Supreme Court doctrine. And so if Donald Trump is prevented from speaking, you're prevented from hearing, which denies you your First Amendment rights to an open marketplace of ideas. We can talk about that as well. Let's look at some letters. I've got some controversial letters today. There have been a few letters like this. I'm not calling them anti-Semitic, but they are 
very disturbing in the racial ethnic stereotyping. To be honest, says, as a, right, as a white Christian, I believe that the Jews, when anybody ever says the Jews, my, my radar goes up. There is no such thing as the Jews, the blacks, the gays. There are just individuals who identify as Jews, blacks, or gays. I believe that the Jews in the United States have turned a blind eye to white males. Hey, I'm one of them. What am I? Look, look at me. Do you see? I don't got horns. I don't have horns. I'm not swarthy. I'm a white male. Yeah, I have a different set of religious beliefs than you do, but I'm as much of a white male as you are. I've turned a blind eye to white males being excoriated and treated differently in the press. If there is a mass shooting or a race crime, uh, the media will print the race of the attacker if he is white, but not if he is any other color, especially black. I agree with that. And I've criticized that too. So don't put this on the Jews. The Jews don't control the New York Times. The New York Times hates Israel and has never been good for the Jews, starting with the, with the Holocaust. Yes, Jews vote 70% for Democrats, which seems to be an implicit approval. Hey, Jews support a woman's right to choose. Many of them, 70% of them gay rights and other issues. That's not an implicit approval of this kind of uh, racism. Now Jews are upset uh, because Democrats are targeting them. Welcome to the club. Will Jews continue to vote for Democrats? Well, having read this now, I hereby declare this letter to be anti-Semitic. When you use the word the Jews and you generalize about the Jews, uh, when you know two Jews, three opinions. In Israel, you know, how many newspapers, there's practically a, a newspaper per person in Israel. There are so many expressing different points of view. So don't stereotype, don't generalize, uh, and don't talk about the Jews uh, or, or the Christians or the Muslims or the gays or the blacks. Just don't use language like that. It's ultimately racist. Okay. Mr. Dershowitz, you've been arguing vehemently that Israel is totally on the good side of the war against Hamas. Yes, I have been, and I agree with that. But how can this be true when even Netanyahu himself has admitted that Israel has been unsuccessful at minimizing civilian casualties? No, he hasn't. What he has said is that Israel has done a better job in minimizing civilian casualties than any other country in the history of warfare facing comparable threats and comparable efforts to hide enemy combatants among civilians. That's what he said. He hasn't said they haven't been successful. First, Israel told the Palestinians civilians to leave northern Gaza. Now Israel is telling them to leave the south. So where do they go? No, Israel said you can move to the southwest where there will be a corridor. And if Hamas fires rockets, Israel will respond. If Hamas doesn't fire rockets, there'll be a safe zone. Uh, to America? Should America accept Palestinian refugees in order to minimize civilian casualties? No. Hamas should stop using human shields as civilians. Hamas should stop firing rockets from where people go to be safe. Israel is going to follow the rockets. It's not going to allow rockets to be fired from anywhere, whether it's a mosque or a school or a hospital that kills its own civilians. It's going to prefer its civilians over their civilians 
and its soldiers over their soldiers. That's what every country should do and does do. And that's what the law and morality uh, demand. Okay. Yeah, lots of things that happened. Israel showed the entire world how ugly it is and no amount of bullshit from talking heads like you can save it. Nobody can just run around and kill kids. Uh, there's a price to pay, asshole. I, I think you're talking about Hamas. It can't just use kids and kill kids. That's what they've been saying. Uh, I won't use the word you used against me, but I'm thinking it. Um, the war may cost Democrats the 2024 election. Oh, this is one of my typical favorites. May cost the, 20, the 2024 election. They didn't win in 2020. Yes, they did. Fair and square. Overwhelmingly. One of the most one-sided victories in, of, of modern times. They didn't win in 2002. Trump did. No, you're wrong. Trump didn't. And everybody virtually surrounding Trump knew that and said it to him. You're a smart guy and you didn't see the steal. Yeah, because I'm a smart guy, I don't see that something that didn't happen. And unless they cheat, there is no way they can win in 2020. I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, that's why I want to have an election commission set up now, a nonpartisan or bipartisan commission to which all kinds of complaints can be taken in real time. Because I think there could be cheating on either side um, during uh, the coming election. And it's important that that election be fair. A cheat they will. I wonder what virus they will release this time. Yeah. So the Democrats released the COVID virus. Woo! Oh, God. There are really some nutcases that watch my show. Well, you're welcome. And you're welcome to write me letters. I'll read them. Let them be judged in the marketplace of ideas. It's an interesting one. How can you be so right in Israel and so wrong about Roe versus Wade and Casey? Abortion isn't in the Constitution, Alan. I know that. That's why in 1973... I opposed Roe versus Wade. I wrote an article about it. I have a chapter in a book about it. I was opposed to Roe versus Wade because it's not in the Constitution. I wanted to leave it to the states and had the states had uh, had that issue on the ballot in 1973. It would have guaranteed Democratic victories all over the place. And you know what? You think the Supreme Court did the Republicans a favor? No way. By going further and not only holding, as they had the right to do, that the Mississippi statute, uh, 15 weeks, was constitutional, they went even further and overruled Roe versus Wade, which was a 50-year precedent, and you have to give some authority to precedent. So without deciding whether that was right or wrong, let me tell you the impact. That may cost the Republicans the presidential election. It certainly cost them the midterms, and it may cost them the presidential election. The American people do not oppose early term abortion. And to the extent that Roe versus Wade is no longer a barrier, it means that some states will and can abolish all abortions from the moment a zygote is formed. And that's going to win Democrat uh, elections and it's going to lose uh, Republicans. So no, I didn't agree with Roe versus Wade. I didn't agree with the overruling of Roe versus Wade because that issue was not properly before the court. And I do agree that a woman should have a right to choose an abortion at the early stages, even though it's not in the Constitution. I hope states pass statutes giving that right uh, to women, particularly women who are young, who have been raped, who have been um, subject to incest and who have medical problems. It's an interesting issue and, and a difficult issue. I wrote a whole book about it uh, called Killing, uh, Who Shall Live and Who Shall Die. There's a long chapter in it. 
about the complexities of abortion, but don't tell me that, you know, how can I support Roe versus Wade when, in fact, I opposed it. Do your homework. Uh, it's so easy to find my views. Oh, and then there are the, the then there are the just ear uh, nothing but a dishonest, sick and disgusting, chick, sick, genocidal pedo. That's the favorite word. Everybody loves to use if you don't like somebody. You're a pedo. So uh, why don't you sign your name and maybe I will sign my name to a defamation suit about you, but you're hiding behind a uh, skit film. Um, no, I, I'm none of those, none of those things, but you have a right to express your opinion. You have no right, however, to lie about facts. That's called defamation. Um, but I'm you know, too busy to sue you and too many other things are important to sue an idiot like you. So keep the letters coming and um, keep them substantive if you can. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.